When you think of the state of Texas, what's your favorite part about it? Well, about what? Texas, the state of Texas. Oh, just, what do you mean? Like, what do I like about the yeah. state? What do you like about it? I don't know. <laughs> what do you like about it? Well, I like the food, but we're not going to get to enjoy it because we got a game tomorrow night. Yeah, and that yeah, was my point, OG. Congratulations. Okay, okay, get okay. some rest. I will, I will. Matt, we'll go back to you. So, Varel, the last time we left out, we said on this eight-game run of playing against Eastern contenders, a lot of them twice, we said that maybe a three and five or four and four record would probably do the Raptors good going forward in the long term. You know, it would keep them in the play-in contention. It would show that there is something to build on indeed. And it would give Nick Nurse and the front office more of an idea of what to do, especially with the trade deadline that is passing tonight at the time of recording. Just more of a idea of how the franchise would go going forward. Instead, we've gone beyond and above. We have beaten every single Eastern contender in this stretch. There was one loss out of eight, and that was a tight one to the Bulls, 111-105. But otherwise, there has been comfortable wins, for the most part, against every single other contender. I mean... It's a fantastic time at a record of 30 and 23 to be a Raptors fan right now. Uh, I guess the first question, is it fair to say that we can fully say the Raptors are ahead of schedule when it comes to this retool slash rebuild? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're going to have, of course, a separate episode with regards to all the other trades that have been going on around the league. But um, we, were, we were making a lot of predictions as to who we thought would be coming in um, we thought we'd be one of the busier, more active teams in this uh, trade period. Um, and so, of course, we, we're going to see these results. And then the head office might think, OK, is this necessary? Do we need to give up future picks? Do we need to give up some of our young talent? We were talking about the likes of Malachi Flynn or, of course, Goran Dragic is obviously the main guy who's still going to be on the table. But um, it is probably going to make the front office a little bit more wary about... Uh, I guess, not being finessed as much on some of these deals. But you could kind of look at it the other way. They could say, now we're going to go all in. Now we see ourselves as a serious contender. So we actually look to trade a couple of picks, Goran Dragic, to like really take us over the top. I don't know um, how you would see it if you were in their position, Kamel. I think it's more the case of ahead of schedule rather than going all in. I don't think there's any number of wins, you know, unless the Raptors end up going 59 and 23 this season <laughs> that could convince the front office to go all in at this point I mean there's still probably two or three years before you can look to contend seriously once again like they were during the Dwayne Casey years but I think what the stretch showed is that they can deal with all these different types of teams whether it's on back-to-back -back, whether it's away whether it's no with no fans at home and more importantly deal against different types of rosters so I'd want to start, actually, so it's quite helpful that all the, we played all of these teams twice. We've actually seen uh, on two occasions how the Raptors have dealt with this kind of thing. We'll probably want to start with the two Atlanta wins. So yeah, 1st of February, 106, 100, and then Saturday, 125, 114. The reason I want to do that is because we've talked multiple times about getting a big body in, essentially, a more traditional centre to deal with 
heavier seven-footers. And so when you have someone like Clint Capella on the other team, and even you can say John Collins supporting him at a four, you would think the Raptors would, I guess, be out-rebounded and outmatched on the boards. But these two games proved them wrong. Now, I'll just, just get up the stats now. The rebound totals were 46 to 43 in Atlanta's favor, which is probably as much as you could have hoped for. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was that was in that that was in the first game, and in the, even in the second game, the discrepancy barely continued. I mean, uh, again, it was forty, and then the Raptors actually grabbed five more rebounds, so it's forty-five to forty in terms of the Raptors, and that is partly due to the offensive prowess uh, of the Raptors, sorry, on the offensive boards. But I mean, what do you think? Does this show that the Raptors can actually, with their defensive system and their length, deal with these? big men in the low post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've been harping on about it all season, haven't we? I think, uh, not just highlighting the t- rebound total, but we didn't, we gave, barely gave up any offensive rebounds, which Six we've given and, up uh, like 10. Five in the first game, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, like, consistently early this season, we were giving up 10 plus offensive rebounds a game. Um, so yeah, that, that was obviously a really big sign, but to be honest, despite their length, John Collins is obviously not the best rebounder despite his size and his position. Clint Capello, of course, you'd be expected to clean up all the rebounds, but they don't have particularly good rebounding guards either. Um, so maybe not the team we'd expect to completely destroy us on that end. But in this game, uh, in these uh, series of games, Kamel, the first one really stood out to me because I watched it live and it was that comeback in the second half in the third quarter. It, our defence was absolutely phenomenal i don't know if you got to witness it live and live in the flesh but um uh i think although they didn't have trey young for this game did they obviously that's a big missing piece for them but it was really clear like when they were bringing the ball up i think uh it was a mixture of like delon wright kevin herter but like it was nice to see delon wright obviously get, get some playing time as well but yeah they basically look completely out of options with our link um being able to rebound, uh, sorry, defend all those positions, we we stopped them. Like they could not get a bucket. It's really good to see. We haven't done that too many times this season, to be honest. Yeah, you look at the percentages. I mean, in both games, they only shot forty-six percent. And you talk about Trey Young. I mean, he came back in the second game. He dished yeah, yeah. his assists. He was picking the Raptors apart, especially in the pick and roll. But again, just that one weapon isn't enough now to deal with the Raptors, you know? And it'll be interesting yeah, when you yeah. come up next, perhaps against a KD or a LeBron, to see if that one, you can just limit that one weapon, you know? 25 points, 10 assists, shut down yeah. the whole team. Um, yeah, yeah. On the Raptors' offensive end, though, I mean, we'll see a continuing trend throughout this early streak is Gary Trent Jr., of course. I mean, he's just he's just in an absolute tear at the minute. And obviously, at a moment when Norman Powell gets traded from the Blazers, yeah, how yeah. lucky the Raptors were to get Gary Trent and you know an extension at, at that as well. So yeah, um, yeah, 30, 31 points in the first game, um, ninety only nineteen in the second game. It was actually one of his worst ones throughout this eight game streak. But yeah, I mean, you put the Hawks aside and the Hawks. I mean, again, even now, right? They've got a record of what is it? I mean, they're not great. It's 26 and 28. They've dropped off a little bit. but they're Yeah, still they're around like the 10-11 seed. Yeah. Still competing though. You'd think of them as, as an East competitor at the very least. I like, mean, yeah, they got to the conference final last year. I think they've had a bit of a down year, but they still 
they have a really, really solid like six, seven man rotation. Yeah, um, they haven't regressed that much, to be fair. Well, no, it, it, it seems to be more so like team chemistry and all these other things. Like, obviously, it seems like maybe John Collins is on the way out. They just haven't gelled like they did last year, in my opinion, because there's a talent still there. They haven't really lost anyone. Yeah, um, but no, no, no trades at the deadline, interestingly enough. Yeah, I was really expecting uh, them potentially to, but I guess they're just um, content with maybe squeaking into the play-ins and just seeing where things go from there and not, maybe not shaking things up too much mid-season. But um, I think some, I think the heat games, was it one or two heat games that we had in this stretch? Well, the one, oh, two heat one, games. Um, yeah. We can talk about the first one. Well, interestingly enough, we'll, we'll pre-kind of uh, say, say before, we discuss it. Lowry was interestingly enough out for personal reasons for both games. Now we don't know if this is with family or simply that he didn't want necessarily to play against Toronto or make a return to Toronto uh, without fans at this point. Um, however, uh, both games were terribly exciting. I think the first one, obviously, 124, 120, having gone to the third overtime, was just just something else, man. I mean, yeah, yeah. you look at the Raptors, I mean, I'll just, just listen to the starters' minutes. Siakam, 57 minutes. Ananobi, 56. Scotty Barnes, 56. Van Vliet, 54. Gary Trent, 56. I mean, we, we make a joke about Nick Nurse and, and Tom Tom Thibbs' philosophy, but, I mean, there's just... There's running your starters into the ground and then there's going one further and, and doing this. If you'd lost at this point, you would have maybe criticised him doing that but you know when you can pull off the W again in Miami it's never a bad thing yeah phenomenal game um, defence first game to be honest um, both teams were I think kept below 45% from the field around 35% from three um, this was a heat team pretty much at full strength outside of Lowry of course Lowry is the guy who kind of puts him over the top so yeah, I would have wanted to see us against the Heat because in my uh, Heat with Lowry, because in my opinion, they are with the Bucks the teams to beat in the East. So I would have loved to see them us against uh, them with Lowry. But you know, it's a shame. I guess he didn't want to get uh, battered by us. Um, that would have been embarrassing in the, in the first game back. But it, it probably is right now. I haven't looked at the media reports, but I imagine it's because he would want his first game back to be in front of the fans. Um, you know, to get some of that adulation he deserves, potentially to get some sort of ceremony. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what would happen, but yeah, we thank him for his service. Uh, we take these two wins and we run away with them. So, um, but yeah, one thing, <laughs> one bit of actual analysis. Um, I was very happy with how we defended Bam Adebayo. Um, so that's another weekend. another big another big man that we've successfully shut down. Yeah, yeah. Well, he did have 32 points. Um, in the 110 to 106 game, but it was in particular in the 124 to 120 game. Our rotations, like our health defense, was just really, really good. Like we couldn't really, we knew we couldn't defend him one and one down in the post. And any time we got deep post position, which he did quite a few times, our health defense was right there. Um, so yeah, I think we did a really good job on him in that game. The other game, you know, he went 30, 13 of 17 from the field. There's no real stop thing like an all star caliber player, you know, two games in a row. Um, when they're able to adjust as well. So we'll take one out too. And of course, uh, for people who didn't watch this game, 
could have been very different. Could have been finished in regular time by one Gabe Vincent, um, who actually launched a last-second three uh, from 35 feet. But Eric Spolstra, you know, fantastic coach as he is, had already called a timeout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And talked it off. I mean, that's... I couldn't believe that. It was comical. Absolutely comical. Um, but these are the kind of breaks, to be honest, we weren't really getting earlier this season, was it, Kamel? No, exactly. There's a, there's exactly. a lot of luck in this run. You as deserve well. it. We have to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, can I can I mention? I mean, you know, I love mentioning Jimmy Butler, right? Um, mm-hmm. Fifty-two minutes, thirty-seven points, thirteen rebounds, ten assists. Oh, just an absolute all-round performance. Okay, one of five from three, but otherwise, he's he's such a special player, and he's. I mean, if you didn't, if Raptors didn't have such depth, uh, wing depth, then I mean, he's he's the guy that puts you over the top. I think uh, for re- realistically for a team like the Raptors, you can't get an absolute yeah. stuff. Um, anyway, let's move on. I mean, the other Heat game, what 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 were you thinking? I mean, you already mentioned Adebayo's 32 points. Harrow contributed off the bench with 18. Uh, meanwhile, the Raptors did get some production from former Miami Heat man, Precious Achua, who uh, yeah. showed his whole team yeah. what he was missing. Uh, what, do you, what do you think? You think he's sort of slowly improving over the stretch? Um, he's kind of, yep. you know, become that strong seventh man, I think, after Boucher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he's carving out a role there. Like I'd like to see him continue to get 15 to 20 minutes a game. Like he always plays with energy. Um, we did talk about some of the mistakes he had earlier in the year. Seems to be cutting them out, um, playing within himself a little bit more. He had, even had two threes um, in his game against Miami, which you know we'll take that. We don't expect him to be hitting threes every game. So yeah, as long as he he might be the reason to be honest that we're doing better with rebounding as well because he is for his size. Um, because he's not like seven foot, he's an excellent rebounder. Um, so essentially that's part of uh, Coach Nurse's thinking as well, that he kind of evens out the rebounding a little bit more as well. I think that's something we've missed as well. I mean, we've me me mainly, but we've both spoken about the importance of maybe having one seven-footer in there. But then you forget, right, that rebounders, you know, if you're above six, seven, you can you can just develop your rebounding skills outside of size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Precious is clearly done. Some, yeah, some of the best rebounders ever. Like Rodman. Rodman was not, not anywhere near seven-footer. So. Um, probably the most comfortable team, the comfortable brace of victories throughout this stretch was against the Charlotte Hornets. Now, they had an absolutely fire start to the season but they were the team that in this stretch the Raptors put away with ease they now sit at 28 and 28 not really sort of regressing I mean I know Lamelo Ball obviously uh, got the all-star nod above Siakam some will say uh, whether that's fair or not uh, I think it's deserved. Is to be debated. It's um, but in any sense I mean they, they haven't got a bad outfit they haven't got a bad outfit but there's just not enough uh, superstar quality I think I mean First, in the most recent game, of course, Gordon Hayward went down after a few minutes. Yeah. Which play a big part there. And then, you know, you have the likes of PJ Washington playing 32 minutes. Um, but what, what I was very happy with the here in particular is the Raptors' strength. So you saw OG Ananobi, right? He's kind of known as a 3 and D player. But he had the better of um, Kelly Oubre every single time. I mean, there was twice quite early on when he was backing him down and just bullying him in the paint. And again, we talk about lack of size, right? But in a lot of these kind of low post situations, it's about strength as well. And OG has clearly developed that in this offseason. He was the biggest plus uh, minus, with the exception of Boucher off the bench, plus 16 with 20 points. And again, he's 
after kind of a quite a quiet mid-season, he's taking a more leading role in the offense. So very, he's very proud of the London boy OG, of course. Um, what do you think of the other game though? 125-113. This was the game that, of course, kicked off the Raptors' winning streak. Um, any sort of notable performances from there? I can I can see a couple on the box score. To be honest, it was too far back for me to remember. No, that's fair. I mean, but I mean, I guess any game where both Malachi Flynn and Delano Banton score in double digits is a special game. That's what what that's one thing to note though. It seems like he's going to tighten his uh, rotation for the big games against the big contenders in the East, and he's going to give five, ten, fifteen minutes to you know some of the bench players who don't who haven't seen as much playing time. Um, he gave eleven minutes. Uh, in the recent game against Charlotte to a Banton, for example, who just didn't play during that whole stretch. So that might be his philosophy now is to, okay, like we'll give these guys some development time, maybe in the garbage minutes of the game, uh, during the, you know, against the less high tier top quality teams. And then against those guys, like they, he doesn't even want to risk it. He's like, right, like, all I care about is getting the win and these seven or eight players are the ones I can trust to get this win. So, interesting philosophy. It's not something we've seen at all from his coaching tenure in any previous season. And I mean, the seven and one record kind of shows that, yeah, it might be working. Well, it works. We'll see, we'll, we'll see what happens though in terms of the playoffs, like injuries, like the things we discussed in other weeks. Let's have a look. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Of course, it works when everyone's healthy, but as soon as you yeah. get one injury, you start playing, you know, uh, Mikhail look 35 minutes. It's, it's not, yes. it's not pretty, not pretty. Um, and you haven't given him the chance to have that kind of role in all those previous games, right? To throw him into the deep end straight away. That that's really the issue. That's the risk. That's a big risk of his philosophy. You know, if you don't yeah. develop those players before, how are they going to turn up when you really need them? Yeah. But as we say, let's leave it until uh, we actually encounter a problem. It's a problem for future future balling in the six um, hosts not not <laughs> yeah that's all we do Kabel. all the problems of the team we just kick the can down the road yeah. back a couple in the week it doesn't matter yeah we just we, we, we're just reactionary <laughs> yeah you know one week we're, we're you know looking to get the top five pick in the lottery next week we're winning the title so that's it I mean that's, um, that's the nature of podcasting anyway this is getting a little bit meta um, so let's move on to the Bulls game that was the only games any pair of games in which we actually lost one um but we haven't spent too much on time on that i mean the 111 105 game you had gary trent showing up and this i guess was a bit of a period where uh some of the raptors stars were going through a little bit of an offensive dip um you didn't have van vliet for this game of course and precious yeah, was starting man. you know and you lose automatically 25 points from van vliet precious didn't replace that in his minutes and you lose it's pretty simple I mean Bulls only only chalked up 111 uh, you know with Van Vliet that's more than enough to win I think that's all I need to say on this game um, yeah. but the other one is uh, another overtime victory uh, this was to go 27-23 yeah, 127 120 victory and again we just look and I mean four players scoring over 20 two players in Gary Trent and Boucher scoring 16 there's just points from around the court coming for yeah. the Raptors. Just every single game you're delivering. Um, yeah. But I mean, and the Bulls, of course, I mean, did you, was it you listed them as probably your favourites to come out of the East? Or oh, well, you, you the Nets? The it's hard to remember. Right? We've still no, got no, that envelope. But for me, it's, yeah, it's a, now it's obviously a three horse. I said it was four horse with the Nets, but um, 
after the bloody trade, um, which I don't, I don't want to talk about, um, just happened, I think, 15, 20 minutes before we uh, started this podcast. But yeah, I'd say Bulls are my, they're in my heart, they're, they're my team to win. I'm not sure if they're actually the best thing, but... I mean, there are. Yeah, we, we beat them with the mind in this game, though. In the first game, we lost without the mind. They actually had the mind in this game. They had Levine, the two big guys, um, and we still pulled out a win. I think that's huge. Yeah, I mean, they didn't. They didn't have Lonzo. To be fair, I mean, they had to yeah. replace him with uh, Io, who's turning out to be. He's quite been good. very good. He's been yeah, very, he's good, very but good. He's not Lonzo. Yeah, yeah, we should say. But either way, I mean, uh, return of Matt Thomas, of course, uh, playing eleven minutes for the Bulls. Took a ground total of zero shots. I mean, if he isn't if he isn't even even going to launch, what what is the point, Matt Thomas? Yeah, shooting needs right. to shoot, doesn't he? Just shoot. Shooting needs to shoot. shoot. I mean, he doesn't do anything else. Oh, to be fair, he get three rebounds and even a block, but still. No, he does do. He does defend a little bit. A little bit. On his time. But there's a re- there's a reason we dropped. There's a reason we waved him. Let's just yeah, say. yeah. Uh, on the Raptors side, though, as we mentioned, just offensive prowess from around the court, and we start to see. I think it was the first game where we saw what the playoff rotation will be in terms of the order. Uh, Boucher is obviously the defined sixth man. Achua, interestingly enough, has definitely overtaken Ken Birch. Even Ken Birch, when healthy, probably only used as a specialist, almost a third-string centre, behind Siakam and Achua. Um, he's you think, or did, did you not think maybe he was trying to ease him back slowly from his injury? I mean, I think season. even if you look at when he's healthy, he's recently played less than Achua. I mean, look his minutes recently: five, five, eight, and six. I mean, that, that's for a reason. He's not. He's not. Yeah, but, but he's still maybe he's thinking, oh, like let's ease him in slowly, slowly, slowly. Like, may, like I'd say after like ten games, we could say confidently, right? Like that is the direction he's going. But I thought maybe he's just easing him in slightly. But you, you could be right. That's fair. I mean, and you've got to remember he's 29, right? He's technically on this team at least considered a veteran presence. Yeah. And so, you know, he's not, not a bad guy, even if you're not playing him, just to just to have as your your eighth man. And then of course Banton coming in behind. And you sort of feel that Malachi is off, probably. Um Watanabe. Sure. Watanabe is not getting a look in. Um Mikhailuk, yeah. three point specialist, not getting a look in. No. Um no. not sure if you saw, but we can briefly touch on yesterday's game. It was a... Against the OKC Thunder, another pretty comfortable win, 117-98. Malachi Flynn got on the court for the last couple of minutes. And um, it was that kind of time, the last few seconds, where players dribble it out, start shaking hands. With two seconds to go, Malachi decides to run up to the three-point line and and shoot. And obviously, he bricks it. Um, But it was a weird, frustrated shot. Pascal Siakam actually went up to him afterwards and said, why did you shoot that? And, you know, there was a bit of disappointment in terms of his sportsmanship. So I think that's a sign that he's just, he's extremely frustrated. He does need a new team. Um, there are plenty. I mean, I hear there's, there's well, there's not much space in Detroit, uh, guard-wise, but there, there is space for someone like Malachi to get 10, 15 minutes a game. Who knows where? Uh, but if he's not dealt by the trade deadline tonight, uh, we'll be surprised, of course, we'll want to do a separate trade episode. Uh, so you'll know by that time. But it's a, it's a weird one with him. You know, it started off so promisingly last season. It's just regressed. I haven't really got a chance in the past 15, 20 games. Hey, coach and I... Say that, but we don't, we don't watch him in training. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He must have seen something in training. We haven't. But obviously, from a player perspective, you think to yourself, I can perform in these games. Well, I'm, I, I hate it. I absolutely hate it when players get one or two minutes of garbage time, which we've gotten quite a few times the past like five, six games. Like, 
if you're going to play garbage minutes, give them five, give them six, like give them a chance to show something. One or two minutes is almost like an insult. Like you've traveled like 48 hours or whatever, <laughs> like gone across the country. Oh, here you go. You get to play one minute. Like, I'd rather not see the court. Um, so yeah, I understand his frustration. I think him and Dragic and maybe a pick, we beat them, get a, you know, not another 6 8 win. Well, for those. Maybe a, well, well, I mean, we we can reveal it at this point. Uh, trend deadline tonight, of course. Tadeus Young has been brought in for Dragic um, this afternoon. Um, so we'll be we'll be discussing that in the trade episode, of course. The the extra bench piece we get in that stat stuffer in Tadeus Young, um, but Dragic is now gone, so it's just Flynn in terms of guard depth. And like, <laughs> of course, there's an audio podcast. You can't see Burrell's face right now as he discovers that trade. I mean. <laughs> It's, it's happy days. Working. It's happy no days idea. for Toronto fans uh, right now. Dragic has finally been dealt. That twenty million salary has finally been dealt. Oh my goodness! Um, but again, I we'll discuss it. that in the future. Um, oh. As of now, though, Raptors thirty and twenty-three record. They face Houston tonight. That should be thirty-one and twenty-three. They then go into a pretty comfortable mini run of Western teams. Take on Charlotte and Atlanta again. And then comes what we say is the big test. It's the Brooklyn Nets with Ben Simmons. Back to back. <laughs> oh, well, so I'm very much looking win. forward to it. And I'll see you on the trade episode. Um, but yeah, otherwise, you know, it's happy days to be a Raptors fan. It gives us, doesn't give us much to talk about. Apart from... No, I, I think, I, I think this, is, this is our easy stretch of games. We've had like two or three stretches of really tough games. Up until the 12th of March, in my opinion, there's a possibility of winning every single game. We don't pay a single top team in the league up until the 12th, and that's the Phoenix, Phoenix Suns. So um, let's extend this win streak. Let's make it, you know, 20 and 0, 18 and 0. Why not? Let's dream. Okay, big. okay. Bef- before you go overboard um, and start comparing us to Jordan's Bulls or something, we'll, we'll end this. <laughs> but that is it. Balling in the six. We'll be back for another bonus episode. Hope you enjoyed the All Star one. We got a trade one coming right up, and we're going to analyze Raptors going forward. Crazy trade, crazy trade. Take care, everyone.